Hello, everyone, and welcome to Season 4, Episode 24 of Nebraska Soccer Talk. I'm your host, Joe Cleary. We're getting near the end of Season 4, as we only have this episode and one more episode remaining before the podcast takes a little bit of a break. Today's episode, we have two awesome interviews with a couple standout Class B players. We also have a brief breakdown and information on the Senior Showcase rosters. And finally, I unveil our final Class B boys rankings. Before we get into all that, though, there's a special announcement right after the introduction. I hope you all take a moment to listen to it. It's not about supporting Nebraska Soccer Talk. It's about supporting somewhat or something more important. As always, this podcast is brought to you by Fleet Feet. Fleet Feet is a local family-owned and operated store that is part of a network of specialty running, walking, and fitness stores across the country. Fleet Feet serves a wide range of active individuals, from people who are on their feet at work, to those who go on leisurely walks, to those who are running marathons. Fleet Feet will help you stay healthy and active. Fleet Feet has locations in Omaha and Lincoln, and their third location is just opened up in the Exarpin Village. Make sure to check out one of their locations in person or shop online at www.fleetfeet.com slash s slash Lincoln. Before we get to the normal scheduled podcast, I want to push for support for a very special event coming up next weekend. The first annual Joe Fair Memorial Soccer Game is taking place at Westside High School this coming Saturday, June 18th, starting at 11 a.m. The game is open to all players above high school age, so recently graduated seniors on up, male or female, all abilities welcome. Spectators are welcomed and encouraged. Joe Fair was a graduate of Westside High School where he was a standout player and standout student. He continued his education and soccer career at Drury University. As a freshman at Drury, he started all 21 games. Joe tragically passed away on March 29, 2018, but his memory is not forgotten and never will be. There are multiple ways to support, and I will make sure to link these in our podcast notes and on our social media. All proceeds go to the Nebraska chapter of American Foundation for Suicide Prevention. You can visit the AFSP website for more information on the organization at www.afsp.org. Mental health and mental wellness, especially in our young people, has been a topic of conversation in recent years, and especially the last six months. This memorial game is a great opportunity to come together as a community, live like Joe, and be around the beautiful game. After the game, the Fair family is inviting everyone to join them for a Live Like Joe party at the Casual Pint across the street from Westside High School. I personally am supporting this event through donation, and I hope everyone who is listening considers supporting this event this year and for years to come. Share with your friends. Parents tell your players. Players tell your teammates. Nebraska Soccer Talks DMs are always open for questions and for those seeking help. If you need resources, you can reach out to the AFSP by calling 800-273-8255 or text TALK to 741-741. Again, this information will be in the podcast notes as well as ways to support the Joe Fair Memorial Game. to start off this week's episode with the interviews. My first interview is with Scott Catholic High School junior Will Tobobbin. Tobobbin has been a part of the Skyhawks' last two state championship teams 
and is a part of their talented junior class. In this interview, we talk about Scott's soccer traditions, high school soccer, and club soccer. Here's Will. And part of the Class B season review, I am on with Scott Catholics, Will Tobobbin. Will, thanks for joining me. Thank you for having me. Yeah, let's uh, let's get started. Um, we'll just kind of get uh, get off the bat with some get to know you questions uh, for our listeners. Uh, starting off before the game, what kind of pregame rituals do you have, or do you have like specific things that you like to do, eat, listen to before every game? Um, before the game, I usually try to get like a bagel or protein bar in and then I'm a big, big applesauce or yogurt fan, like some type of fruit early like that. Um, and then for music, like with the team, we all go in the locker room and the seniors last year made a playlist and we kind of added like each person got to add like five songs that they wanted, like on the playlist, like their pregame hype songs. Um, and every time we walk out, the last time we listen to is Gnarly by Kodak Black. And that just, I don't know, it just kind of is like a team ritual thing. Yeah, yeah, team tradition kind of thing. We'll get to some more of those later. What specifically is your favorite music? Like if you got to, if you got to control the playlist the whole time, what, yeah. what would you look toward? My favorite artist is definitely Juice World. Um, okay. But yeah. Cool. Um, Outside of game day and stuff, what's your what's your favorite what's your go to place to eat or what's your favorite type of food? Um, you know, I, I really like uh, like Canes or Chick Fil A, and then we like as a team we always get Pepper Jacks or Chipotle because it's close to Scott. Yeah, so. and it's yeah, it's easy for uh, it's yeah. easy for like a bunch of people to go to at once. Are you are right. you as big of a Pizons guy as uh, Caleb and Zach? Um, yeah, like that. we. I mean, we always have it at Scott, so it's available i'll eat it um i i do like the tournament a lot that's like the best thing definitely there <laughs> yeah i've heard that i, I gotta eventually try that so we'll get yeah. into we'll get into soccer stuff uh, our last my last question i'll get to know you obviously you play club at a high level too and we'll talk a little bit about that but where's the favorite place where's your like, most favorite place that you've traveled to play club soccer uh it's definitely las vegas <laughs> yeah that's, yeah that's a pretty that's a pretty good place to go um yeah, it's, it's even fun. better when you get older um mm-hmm. So talk about the season a little bit. You guys kind of had a tough start to the season, partially because, I mean, record-wise it wasn't great, but obviously you were playing some of the, the best teams in the state, like, right away. Mm-hmm. What was the messaging from coaching staff and, and you all as a team during the, like, during the first start to the season when it wasn't, you know, maybe going how you wanted it to go? Right. So obviously we didn't start the way we wanted to, um, but did play some of the best competition in all of the state, in my opinion. Um, and but the the message was mostly just to stay calm and be patient and like learn from these games because we're going to need it later on in the season. Um, and we're, we just try to like stick together as a team because it's it really is a long season. And at the end of the day, our main goal is to win a state championship and the first couple games of the season, you know, we want to win every game, but they don't really matter towards the biggest goal is, you know, winning a state championship. Yeah. Yeah. It's not about how you start. It's about where you end up. Right. Um, exactly. What, uh, obviously a quality team state champions again this year, what are some things that you think your team did really well this year on the field? I think um, we played really well as a team and kind of 
as the year went on, we played a lot faster together. And I think a lot of people were, you know, moving around positions. But once we figured that out, that part of it out, because um, we had a, we lost a lot of seniors last mm-hmm. year. So putting in like new freshmen and like, finding out where everyone plays best and plays the, the best as a team. You know, I think we really figured that out towards the end of the season. And that's how we were the most successful. Yeah, because I like having seen you guys play a couple times over the season. I thought you all played your best soccer at the end of the year. Like at the state right. tournament, like you said, you guys were clicking. You guys were playing faster. Um, obviously, like really tough to deal with at times for other teams. Um, you kind of talked about last season, had to, had a lot of seniors, obviously a dominant season, um, mm-hmm. followed by a pretty good season. I would say fairly not maybe as dominant as last year, but still right. really good. What were mm-hmm. the differences between the two teams um, for you, having been on both teams? Pro- I know in different roles a little bit, um, yeah. teams, but what was your what's your view on the differences between last year and this year? Well, last year, obviously, we had a lot of really good senior leaders, and I felt like they really um, like were good examples for the younger kids. And we didn't like we didn't I think we took that for granted a little bit because they were such good leaders that we didn't really have to. I mean, do as much, I'd say, honestly, like, and we started off really strong and it kind of was steady the whole year. There wasn't a lot of ups and downs. Like we only lost one game. So, I mean, that was just, that was great. Yeah. It was kind of like last year there was, you didn't have that rough start. It was kind of like, you just, the expectation was just always just like the next one, the next one, the next one. Whereas this one was a little bit, seemed like a little bit more challenging at times. Um, Okay. There's been a couple like media coverage over the last couple of years um mm-hmm. for scut and your guys's traditions obviously i think like um i graduated from a i was i went to school up in north dakota i graduated from a catholic school similar size to scut played soccer there and we had all sorts of traditions so i know you guys do too uh what uh, first one i guess we could talk about is what is the goose still around and and, and, um, what, and what yes. was, what's the deal with the goose yeah so goose's name is michelle and each year, the uh, senior, usually like your captain, passed it down to like the next upcoming like senior captain or whatever. So it was John Myers and then it was Zacharada um, this year or like last year, you know. Yeah. Um, and like the goose was, you know, I heard stories that it was stolen from a house like a really long time ago as a law and ornament and someone stole it. And the guy that stole it was actually, I don't know what year that was or when that happened, but I heard he was actually at our state final game. And I saw like people were pointing him out and I don't know if that was the actual guy, but that's what people were saying. So that's (laughs) kind of cool. Um, But she is still, still around and um, hopefully we'll get her a lot of pictures um, next year. I think Zach didn't do a great job of getting it in pictures um, (laughs) last year as the year before. um, But she, yeah, yeah, I swear, I swear, like uh, uh, two, two years, the year before, like anytime you guys had a team picture, there's the the goose in the middle, like almost like right next to the district trophy or right next to the state trophy. Right. But it's kind of yeah. cool that like it's been around so long that you're like, yeah, I don't know, it's when it's like it started a while ago, like well before you mm-hmm. were there. Um, and obviously, this is another one that was on the news last year that I'm I'm less sure about. Is uh, you guys still eating Lucky Charms before the game? Um, yes, we are. But the in state, they didn't let us because we usually lay our jerseys out and yep. then we put lucky charms on top of our jerseys. So this year in state, um, apparently someone complained and they didn't let us like take off our shirts and put on our jerseys. So we can't do that anymore in state. But in regular season, we did do it. Um, and I don't I don't 
exactly know when or how that started either. All I know is that I, I only eat one charm and then I pass the rest off because when it's hot out, your mouth gets so dry from them that it's kind of annoying actually. I can't, but, someone, one of your teammates from last year on the news said that same thing. Like, like yeah. you, you eat like a handful of Lucky Charms right before you're supposed to go out without any milk or anything. Like, yeah. It's like eating so, sand a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, are there any other things that you, like any other cool traditions that you're allowed? Obviously, like sometimes traditions are kept within the team. Are there any other traditions that like you guys do at Scott that you really enjoy or like just something that you enjoy that's a part of your program and it may be a part of other programs too, but like just something that right. once soccer season's over, you're like, man, I kind of miss that. Or I look forward to it the next year. Um, so in the huddle before each game, we say like a certain prayer and then we all put our hands on the goy's head and he says like Mary queen of victory, pray for us or whatever. Yeah. And we shout that like three times. And then there is along with the goose, there's a sweater that gets passed down to another like new senior. And if you win, you stitch your number in in gold. If you get second, you stitch it in silver. And then if, if you just make state, you stitch it in in white. Okay. And so there's like a big sweater. Yeah. How many, how many numbers are on that sweater? Oh, there's like 20 some. There's a lot. It's <laughs> Holy like, yeah. yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Okay. I yeah, hadn't heard about cool. the sweater yet. That, that, that's awesome. Um, yeah. So Lake and I talked about this a little bit, um, but obviously you guys and your schoolmates were um, affected pretty heavily by the passing of a fellow Scott student athlete this last spring. Um, what was that like to try and navigate as a young person and as a team? Because like I said, I went to I went to school similar size to Scott, and I know when something like that happens, like everyone knows everyone. Like you just know, like so, like it, like how did how did right. that how did you guys get how did you guys move forward as a community and as a school and everything? Right. Well, yeah, Paige was a big part of, you know, Scott, super nice kid. And, you know, we were all very sad about the passing of Paige. Um, but our team took the necessary time off to, you know, mourn and pray for her and her family. Um, and, but I think really it brought us closer as a team and we kind of looked out for each other and just made sure everyone was there for each other because you never want to see something like that happen. Right. Um, and we realized that there's more important things than soccer in life. And soccer is not end all be all. You know, you care about it a lot, but it's not the end of the world. And there's more important things. Cool. Yeah, it's, it's a tough situation, but it's, I'm glad that you all uh, came together for each other. Um, you play at a high level for club and high school. What's kind of what's kind of your favorite thing about each? Like, obviously, there's differences. Um, what's your favorite thing about club? So my favorite thing about club is that, you know, the level of competition is very high and I like traveling and playing in different leagues and tournaments and stuff and getting to see like these different kids from different states and how good they are and how like competitive they are and how good, you know, I fare or my team fares with everyone else. And you're playing some of the best kids in the nation. So it's fun to see you know, that, and maybe possibly give you a good idea of what soccer looks like after high school, maybe like yeah. at the college level or like the next level after that. Um, my favorite thing about high school was definitely playing um, for your school and like school pride and playing in front of all your classmates and playing for them um, against like a rival school is like, is super fun. And like, probably my favorite thing is playing against my club teammates in high school. Yeah. So like, I have a ton of club teammates on prep and Although we didn't 
beat them this year. We beat them the year before. And like, it's always fun to kind of, you know, give each other a little shit at practice or, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, that. And so it's always a fun camaraderie thing. And like, well, and especially when you guys get to play Scott, because like, or when you guys get to play prep, because it's mm-hmm. like, you guys don't compete against each other. Like right. that one game almost matters mm-hmm. a lot because yeah. it's bragging rights. Cause it's not like you're going to see them again that year. It's like right. that time. Exactly. And then you can, you know, make fun of your teammates so they can make fun of you if they beat you, mm-hmm. you know, at training right. the rest of the year until you guys get to play mm-hmm. again. Um, yeah. what about, um, let's see, we'll talk, you know, I've stated this like a couple different times. I've told other people off the air too. Um, and obviously this isn't anything to you as a person, but like, you're someone that I would really enjoy to coach and really enjoy mm-hmm. to have on my team. But honestly, I, I would hate to coach against you or play against you. Um, yeah. just cause I think you have a like, great work, work ethic, but you combine that work rate with like every time you're on the ball, you 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 seem to cause some sort of problems it's not always successful but you're always like you're pressing to do something is that something like you carry into your game like with you or is that like is that something you train or is that just something that kind of like just happens as the way you play well first of all thank you that's a great compliment I take pride in that but I would say honestly like I think my size definitely has a factor in it because I'm not like the tallest guy obviously not probably not the strongest but my dad always said that it's not the size of the dog in the fight. It's the size of the fight and dog. And so like whatever I lack in height or, you know, how strong I am, I can make up and hustle. And really like, that's just try to, that's just how I try to play, you know, every day um, and practice and in games and in the weight room, you know, I try to get better. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Cause I mean, like, it's not just even on the attacking side of things. Like you're always like when you're defending, you're like just always around the ball. Um, mm-hmm. that, that would honestly annoy me if I was playing against you. So, <laughs> um, but, uh, let's see, uh, who, who's the, I, obviously you've met Lexington, you know, multiple times over the last couple of years and some good games. Um, you've had some other games with, you know, different class, who's the, and you've played a couple of class A opponents, but who's the class B opponent or opposing players that you kind of most respect? So I actually have a couple. Um, so obviously Lexington playing them two years in a row in the state final. Big respect for Lexington, as well as we didn't get to play them last year, but Bennington, great team, has a lot of great players on it. And, um, and then even like Elkhorn North, like we played them twice and they played us better the second time. And like they really – like did some good work for us and for them to make it to the state tournament for the first time ever in school history is a big thing. And I have a lot of respect for them and their coach well, and, you know, their coaching staff and some players that I most respect is um, Ernie Vargas or Ernesto Vargas from Lexington. You know, he plays winger on the right side and I played wing on the left side. So I had to guard him a yeah. lot or I played like left yeah you you, you cross paths you cross paths quite a bit yeah and he used to be on my ODP team and then you know in club we played against each other so he's a great player and he even scored against us in the state final so mm-hmm. I have a ton of respect for him and then Oliver Benson from Bennington also on my club team just a great player you know with how many goals I think the leading scorer this year yeah, leading scorer and, for class B yeah, yeah so a great player, great attacker, very fast kid. And, you know, off the field, is just a great kid too. Super nice, you know. Yeah. So I have a lot of respect for him. Um, you played a couple of Class A teams. Obviously, you have some Class A uh, teammates who play club with you. 
or you play club against too or whatever. Um, who are some who are some players that you enjoyed maybe watching on Class A or playing against Class A wise? Um, you know, I think like I watched Jacob or I, you know, I heard Jacob Garcia's interview and um, he shout out Joey Witt. And I think he's just a great player and fun to watch. And I don't think he gets as much credit as he deserves uh, because they have so many weapons, but you know, he's a great player and like Brett Perkins also a, a great player. And, you know, I have a lot of fun watching and competing against them. Cool. Um, let's see. Last kind of high school based question or last two, who's uh who's one of your teammates that impressed you a lot this season, whether it was, you know, an older teammate or maybe someone who's younger who kind of took the next step. Cause obviously you've been taking next steps as you've been coming through the program, but who's, who's a teammate or two that's impressed that impressed you a lot this last season. Right. So obviously we had a really strong junior class and Sam Shantz is stud dealing with his, you know, 20 some goals and Noah coming in and filling a big spot and being a leader at center back was huge for us. Um, and I, I would like to say everyone on the team, but I think the biggest was like the freshman coming in and Cole Esner, Ben Shen, Kyle Eck, you know, filling roles as a freshman and playing in such a big atmosphere and how well they did is, is huge for our team. And I think they did great stuff. And then our senior Zacharada, you know, captain did some great stuff at left back. He was a great leader for us and, you know, even scored a couple goals in there as well. Oh, yeah, so. He scored, he scored an awesome goal in the state tournament. Yeah. And like he, again, he was one of those guys that I thought played his best soccer at the end of the year. Um, right. and like you said, the freshman stepping up was big. And I actually noticed that too. Um, it almost, obviously you guys have talent in every class, but it kind of is almost like, it's almost like that freshman class is going to be the next version of what the seniors were two years ago. What you guys are, you know, this year, kind of that next class. Mm -hmm. That's like almost like every other class has this like big group of players. That's, that's pretty quality. So, um, how do you feel like next season is going to go for you? Obviously you return you return a lot. You're going to probably be the favorites. Um, like, is that is a state champ? I mean, you've done it three times consecutively, which mm -hmm. is ties SCOTUS. Right. Um, you, do you think, do you think fourth is, do you think fourth is on the table is fourth? Like the, obviously it's always on the table. It's always the championship is the goal, but you think it's going to be about as difficult as it was last year? You know, what were your thoughts mm -hmm. on that? Or what are your team's thoughts on that? So we're only losing two starters next year, two right. seniors. And our senior class next year is going to be, I mean, great. We have a lot of great players in, in our senior class. And obviously you can't look past any team and we're going to take it game by game. But obviously I think everyone's kind of, you know, has the four-peat in the back of their mind. And definitely to leave as champs, you know, to go out seniors and be champs would be great. And I would love that. And, you know, that's, I think that's definitely in the back of everyone's minds right now yeah that i mean that would be it definitely be very historic at least on the you know i think there's been some girls teams who have done it on a and b but yeah. i don't think there's been any boys teams a and b yet who have done it but um last question before i let you go because i know you're busy like i said you, like you said off the air you're you're doing basketball you got soccer stuff all sorts of things going on this summer um what's uh how's your recruiting process going because you're coming into like the last kind of year I know boys soccer recruiting is a little bit later. Um, you're pretty, I know you're active, pretty active on social media. Cause like, I know like you have two kind of two accounts. You have like your account that you like to post your film and highlights on. And then obviously just your regular account, like your regular personal account. Um, but how is your recruiting process going? What, what do you, what do you want to do for the next, at the next level? 
Right. So I think recruiting was for everyone was kind of hard with COVID and I've been pretty busy, like you said, with basketball and, you know, high school soccer and club soccer and stuff. But, you know, I'm, I'm keeping my options open. I'm talking to, you know, a few schools right now. And um, the my Twitter that I started with the Clips account, I was talking to Abdi uh, from Omaha South a couple years, Gator Player of the Year. And he yep. actually gave me the idea to do that. And I started that and, you know, some schools follow it. Uh, so I like to post clips on there just to see what I can get. And well, it's, it's kind of nice and it's easier. Cause I mean, like as a co- when I was a college coach, I used to go and look on players' social medias for their, for their highlights and stuff too. And it's kind of, I mean, it was nice to be able to find, but it also like, it was also kind of annoying cause they were also, you know, retweeting other things, tweeting other things, nothing bad, but it was just like added more jumble right. to the mess. We're like, now if a coach asks for your highlights, obviously you probably, you may have a huddle page or a recruiting page, but mm-hmm. you can also send them hey, follow my Twitter account and I'll post updates here every time I get them. So I think that's a that's a pretty cool idea. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I kind of liked editing my own stuff and posting on Twitter rather than doing it on like Huddle or NTSA yeah. or whatever, you know. I mean, I, I am on them too, but I just kind of like doing it on Twitter a little bit better. And my friends can see it too, which I think is kind of cool. Yeah, no, that is cool. It's, and it's easier for like people like myself or other people who are like, I think that's been the one thing about um, – you know, Nebraska soccer talk is more players and parents and stuff are, and fans are being, are like following other teams now versus just their own team. Cause they can use social media and see highlights like that. So I think that's pretty cool. I think it'd be cool if more players and teams did that generally, cause I think people would watch it. So uh, Will, I'll let you go. Thanks for joining me. Um, you all had a great year, fun to watch. And I'm, I'm excited to see what you guys can do next year. Cause obviously you return a, a pretty exciting core of attacking and defensive players. Me too. Thank you for having me. Thank you to Will Tobobbin for joining me on this week's podcast. I'm excited to see where Will ends up playing at the next level. And I also look forward to seeing if the Skyhawks can complete the four-peat next season, which would be making a significant history. We're going to take a quick commercial break and then get to the second interview of the episode. For our second interview of the day, we welcome on now former Elkhorn North center back, Jack Boat. Jack was a part of the first graduating class at Elkhorn North and is going to continue his career at Division II Flagler College in Florida. In this episode, we talk about Elkhorn North being more than just being more than just a soccer player, club soccer, and his next steps. I also finally got his last name right after this entire season. So without further ado, here is Jack. All right. And the second interview uh, for today's Class B season review is with Jack Boat from Elkhorn North. He played center back and he is heading to uh, Division II Flagler College uh, this next fall. Jack, thanks for joining me. Thank you for having me. Yeah, we're going to start off with some rapid fire, get to know you kind of questions. Uh, the first one I always like to start off with is what uh, What are your favorite, like what are your pregame rituals as far as food goes, music goes, just like like what you like to do uh, on day of game? Oh yeah. Um, so food wise, uh, the night before, kind of like to eat some pasta or pizza just to get those carbs in the night before and then uh kind of like 
during the day. I try to bring my own lunch on game days rather than eating the school lunch just because yeah. it's, it's more energizing. It's better uh, for me, I feel like. And then once it comes to game time, I mean, I have my go-to playlist that I like to listen to for sure. Um, and then as a team, we, some of us would like use athletic tape for wrist tape. And then we would write messages for us to like remind ourselves during games. Like me personally, mine was hustle and lead. And then like, I know some other ones, some kids made it a little bit more fun and uh, but it was, it was meaningful for everyone. And it was just, it was just lots of fun to like have kids write it on their wrist and then see what they have written. So yeah. I remember seeing you guys, I remember seeing you guys all wearing, had, had yeah. wrist, our wrist tape on. I figured it had to have been something like that. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. you know, I talked to Will, he's, he said his go-to artist was juice world. Um, who's your, who's who, what's kind of your playlist look like, or what, what's your number one artist do you think yeah. before game? So uh, mine was kind of, it's a mix of like rap and stuff, just because that kind of stuff gets me uh, like excited and ready to go. But I did have this uh, one song that I listened to, made sure to listen to uh, right before I walk onto the field. And it's called uh, Could Have Been Us. I don't know who it's by, but it's just more of an upbeat, not really rap. It's the only one that's on there that's not rap, but it just kind of makes me like smile right before I got on the field, just because it's a little bit more upbeat. And it's like, okay, let's go have fun. Let's relax. Let's not be tense. And so it just kind of gets me more in that like relaxed mood rather than rap kind of gets me like, okay, yeah, I'm ready to go. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like popped uh, up, ready to, yeah, ready to run through up, a wall. <laughs> oh yeah. The, the upbeat one just kind of gets me back to relaxed, but still fun at the same time. Cool. Cool. Um, last two questions before we dive like deeper into the soccer questions, obviously you play at a pretty high level for club soccer. Yeah. Um, you're going to be going, we'll talk about where you're going. Cause you're going to a pretty cool place to play college soccer, but where was your favorite place to travel to play club? Um, well, we, for ECNL, for Sporting Nebraska, we got to go to Arizona and that was, I mean, Arizona is just beautiful in general, but yep. it was just fun because the complex, it was, it was an amazing view. The complex is right there. And then behind you are mountains. So yep. as you're playing, you have mountains behind you and it's just, it was just amazing. It was a beautiful view. And then it's just different with club to traveling with your club teammates and having fun with them. Cause you don't see them every day, like high school. So right. it's fun to like go with them regardless of where it is. But Arizona was definitely the best place that I've gone for club. Nice. And what's your outside of game day, like outside of soccer stuff, what's your favorite place to eat or like your favorite food, like your go-to, if you could pick anywhere? Oh, yeah. Uh, I think as of now, during the summer, it's Chick-fil-A. Okay. But, uh, usually uh, it's Taco Bell with the friends just because it's <laughs> open all the time. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. Nope. Right now, for sure, it's Chick-fil-A. Yeah, dude. Taco Bell. I used to eat way too much Taco Bell when I was your guys' age because it is it's always open so um all right we'll get into the season a little bit it was a pretty up and down season for you at Elkhorn North but you finished at 10 and 8 which was uh better than last year and you also had the high school and the club or the team's program's first ever birth into the state tournament obviously I know you were a captain a leader but obviously when you, when you're like winning two games, losing a game, winning two games, losing two games, kind of up and down, up and down, what's that messaging from you and the leaders, like on the team, like maybe the other seniors, but what are your coach, what's the coaching staff saying to you? Like, what's that message going forward? Um, mainly from the coaches, it was, they wouldn't, they would never get down after a loss. Like it would be up and down, like you said, but they made sure that next day at practice after a loss or a game that we were getting right back at it and that they were, they were on top of us captains too, like making sure, like asking us like, Hey, what's the vibe from the team? Like, is everyone still okay? Is everyone still positive? 
And so then as a captain, that was kind of like our job too, was like to relate between the coaches and the players and make sure that everyone was still positive and kind of still encouraging and still being like, okay, we have the goal of going to the state tournament. Let's still keep on track. Even a loss, you still can be on track to go to the state tournament. So we just kind of had that in the back of our heads. Like we want to be in the state tournament. So let's just keep working and working no matter what the result was. Yeah. And you got, and you guys got there like right at the, at the end. I mean, it wasn't always easy, but you got there. So you said your team like kind of kept the positivity, kept the belief, even though you struggled with consistency or some things that your team did well overall, though, on the field that you really felt helped you helped get you to state, kind of made you one of the best eight teams in class B. Oh yeah. Um, and honestly, I think it came from off the field rather than on the field. Like we okay. were together all the time and we were, I mean, even in school, we would be, all together like in study hall and stuff we would get together with the rest of the teammates and kind of talk over either if we had a game the night before or we have a game that day we would kind of break it down together when we could and then on the field I would say we we did a good job of keeping the positive vibes throughout the whole whole game no matter what the like if we were down three goals or if we were up three goals and I would say it wasn't even just the captains it was kind of overall we would have kids like Hey, let's go. Let's keep working. Let's keep going no matter what was going on. And just that positive vibe again and the energy that we brought to the table as a team, we kind of installed that even in the preseason for us was like, we're going to be that team that brings energy all the time, the whole 90 minutes of the game. So do you think that was the biggest change from last year to this year? Cause like, that was kind of my, what I want to talk about next. You were six and nine last year, 10 and eight this year. Um, what was the difference between this year's team and last year's team? Or was it really just that year of growth and maturity? Cause like last year was tough first yeah. year. I don't, you guys didn't have, you guys were the first senior class, right? So no seniors. Yeah. Um, was that just the difference was growth maturity or, or was the positive, was there more positivity this year versus last year? I would say it's a mix of both those things that you kind of mentioned the growth and maturity. I mean, we got a year under our belt as a program and we didn't lose anyone. So we could, we could grow, like you said, also from that. And we also had some incoming freshmen and we were finally able to have four classes. But I think last year, what the struggle for us was, was COVID. We had, I think four or five starters out for two weeks, just because if you got COVID, you were quarantined for 14 days. Yeah. And it was during like our conference tournament and our big games. And so we were down. And then even I was out, I think I only played a total of eight games last year, just because I kept getting injured with my hamstrings and stuff. But and it's hard to, and it's hard to it is hard to be positive when you're losing teammates oh yeah, you're out injured oh yeah. like that's, and that's the thing too facing that adversity our first year as a program was tough but I think we we looked at that and we were like okay we've been through the, like the worst that we could last year so let's go in this year and we're going to be positive no matter what happens and again that just like team chemistry we were able to build off that more outside of school this year because COVID wasn't like a big deal as much as it was the, my junior year. So we were able to meet up and have team dinners that were sponsored by like this booster club. Whereas last year we weren't able to do that because of COVID and get together. So yeah. that also was a big, big benefit from that. Yeah. And team dinners are like oh, a lot of the, a lot of the guys and girls who have been on the podcast talk about like that. And I just remember that that was always one of the more fun things to do oh, with yeah. high school. And so like losing out on that kind of, kind of stinks. Um, yeah. So let's take taking the obvious one out of there. Obviously, the win over Nebraska City, because you beat them twice this year. Um, and the second one, 
Um, I was at the first time you won. The second one was in the district championship. So let's yep. take the the district championship game out of there. What was what was your favorite moment or some of your favorite moments from this last year? Oh yeah, so I definitely I definitely had a few in mind that came right okay. away. But uh, I think number one was just as a senior. Senior night is just different. Like it's just it just means so much to the guys and the senior class when you go out and it, you go and play for the seniors. And I think our guys especially realized like hey, this is, this is our last home game with the senior class. Let's, let's play together and let's bring the energy. And I think uh, we did just that. Like we brought so much energy because it was against Columbus SCOTUS, mm-hmm. which were, they were a top ranked team at the they're, time. They're good. Yeah, they're, good. they're a good team this year. Oh yeah, oh yeah. And so we were just like, let's go out, let's do it for each other. And it was just, it was just amazing. The, the chemistry, the flow of the game. I mean, I've never been a part of like a more, connected team connected game that night and it was just amazing especially because it was just senior night yeah uh, columbus scotus and you had, you probably had your hands full a little, i mean i know you guys i mean you guys did really well that game yeah. um but you had probably had your hands full a little bit because they have jose and chance up top uh two good strikers so oh, yeah um what was it like competing for a new school and a new program because it's it's obviously di- it's it's different than maybe what some of your friends are doing because there's not quite, there's no tradition, right? There's yeah. no tradition. There's no people have done, haven't done this before. Um, so what was that like? Was it cool? Was it, or was it, do you kind of wish you played for a school that had had tradition or was it cool to kind of be the start of the tradition? Yeah, I mean, it was definitely, it was definitely amazing to be start, uh, start a tradition of your own and kind of instill what you believe a program should have and should be like. And kind of creating that culture was just, I mean, our senior class in general really wanted to create that amazing culture because we knew we were going to be the starters for what Elkhorn North soccer stood for. And I feel we didn't, we didn't really put it on our shoulders to kind of create the culture. We were just like, we want to create the culture. We want it to be a winning culture. And I think that's what our guys did an amazing job of as a senior class. And I mean, it was just, it was just amazing to be able to do that, especially with the coaching staff that we had and they wanted to, they wanted the exact same thing for us and to create a winning culture. And so I think we did, we built the foundation for it. It's just a matter of, can the guys just keep going, which I think they will because they have some good leaders coming up too and a lot of good players as well. So. Yeah. Um, and, and kind of leading off of that question, there's two new high schools opening up in Omaha, one in Lincoln, one soon to be in Gretna. And obviously, like, I think just as the, the state of Nebraska grows, especially in the two metro areas, we're going to continue to see more high schools opening. What advice do you have for younger players um, who are going to be going to going to a new high school, playing for a new high school? Like, how did you navigate that? What would you what did you do that you thought was good? Looking back on it, what would you what advice would you give to, to young players? that you might've done differently. For sure. Um, one thing that I kind of told myself going into the new school was I just wanted, I wanted to be, I wanted to be a leader because I knew that there, if you want to be a leader, you got to step up and you got to be kind of the guy that brings the positive energy and is reliant for everyone else. Like they can rely on you. And so I would say like no matter what grade, because I know that I think the Omaha school just has freshmen and sophomore, sophomores yeah. the first two years. But I mean, no matter what grade you are, if you just talk, just communicate with the rest of the team, get them together. Like we were big on unity and family. 
And I think that that goes a long ways if you can make the team a unit rather than just individual players. If you can get the team together outside, uh, do do whatever you can for that. And then just don't don't make it like a big pressure kind of deal to start a new program. Because, I mean, even like all of our other programs at Oakland North, I would say no, no one really gave a lot of thought into, oh, my gosh, we're a new program. We, we need to do this, this, this and this. We're kind of just like we're a new program. We're just going to go out and act like we've been here before and just keep well, going and you guys had a pretty good year year yeah. athletically as, as, yeah. as a, as oh a yeah for sure um so you also competed and i didn't know this till i was kind of googling a little bit about you but you also competed for elkhorn north as a football player oh yeah yeah um did did you play football like growing up and like and continue it or did you kind of pick it up because you knew you might have the opportunity to play at Elkhorn North because it's yeah. it's just different. So it's kind of a funny story. So I was playing. I played in middle school, seventh and yep. eighth grade, and then before the school split, when I was at Elkhorn High, I played my freshman year, and then I didn't. I didn't really. I loved football. Like I really, I really wanted to play, um, but uh, the coaches kind of didn't really give me the opportunity to kind of show uh the kind of player I was for football and so I didn't play my sophomore year at Oakland High and then the football coach at Oakland North when he was announced a bunch of the players that were going to North were like hey you should come out again it's gonna be fun uh we could use you and so I was like okay why not try it again and then I just loved being a part of the team at Oakland North and it was just it was I was super glad that I did so what positions did you play for football so I played wide receiver and corner, but because I was mainly gone for club soccer, I kind of only was there for the defensive practices. So I mainly, I started at corner, but I didn't really play much wide receiver. Yeah. Cause you're, I mean, like that, that's the thing I think, but also I think you see it more in class, in class B schools, you see more so- soccer players playing football, but also playing football and not just the kicker. Cause I think that, I think it's pretty common in class A so- soccer to see like, Hey, yep. I'm also the football kicker. Yep. I think in class B, you see more of you guys playing like, you know, corner, running back, linebacker, yeah. wide receiver, all oh, yeah. that stuff. So yeah. that's kind of cool. Um, on top of football and soccer, I see that you also worked for the newspaper and you had to have been a pretty decent student, too, because I know your dad tweeted out that you won some sort of, you know, student excellent award type yeah. of thing that excellent senior student. Um what else are you involved in or like what uh what else do you or what did you enjoy about like just newspaper and just being at school at Alcorn North oh, yeah. in general yeah so newspaper I kind of was like iffy about it at first going in the new school because I didn't do it uh at Elkhorn High but at North I was like okay I'm gonna try it just to see because I, I like to write I love to write and so I was like I'll try it and it's just it's it's lots of fun just because you get to learn those kind of communication skills as you go to interview other people, as you get to go, you get to go take pictures for sports, other sports events, which like a perk for that is you get in for free even because you get yeah. a pass. So that, that was fun too. And then it's just, it's just, you get to meet a lot of different kids that maybe you don't talk to that are, that are in sports or in your sport or in your friend group. Cause you're, you're kind of forced to go uh, like discover new stories and what's going on in the school and about certain people and so you don't you're not talking to the kids that you talk to every day which I think was like I that's what I liked the most about it because I was getting to talk to almost everyone in the school which that's cool which yeah it's super cool to get to do that 
Um, who I talked to, so I asked this question about Will, Will Tabobin and he gave from Scott and he gave you guys a shout out for like that. You guys played them twice and played them tougher. Um, you know, the second time at state, yeah. you know, three, one, um, who are some class B opponents and teams? Let's take Scott out of the equation. Cause I think like, yeah. no offense, they're, they're, it's an easy answer, right? You could pick yeah, yeah. any one that's of their starting player. 11 and be like, yeah, that's he's They're really good. Yeah. Who are some other teams or players that you respected uh, outside of them? Um, so Waverly, I, I gave them a lot of respect after playing them the two times and then beating us the two times once in PKs. I mean, they, and again, obviously they were top eight team because they made the state tournament, made it to, and that's just amazing for them as the, as a program. Cause I think the last time that I saw on Twitter that they had made, it was like 2008 or something, which is, yeah, it was like 10 or 12 years ago. from when they yeah. had last made it, which is crazy. And we just, we, we kind of like, cause last year we had beaten them and we we're like, okay, maybe, maybe they are going to be as good this year and maybe not. And so when we went into the first game, we were like, okay, wow, they're a pretty good team. And they have that one midfielder, uh, Landon to Jaden. I don't know how yep. to pronounce his last yeah. name, but yeah. he, I mean, he controls a lot of their game, but, uh, outside of them again, in our conference, Bennington, I mean, you, their attack is just, oh my gosh, their attack was probably the best attack that I've ever played with IO, uh, Oliver Benson and uh, Kai, Kai, yeah. that, that's the other kid. I mean, they're just, it's just a bunch of speed, a bunch of good footwork. I mean, they're just, those two teams were probably the two toughest teams that we played outside of Scott this year. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and, and, and we'll, we'll, we'll agree with you on the, on the, on the Bennington one. I think that they yeah. get a lot of, they get a lot of respect from, from their, like from you guys as players, because I yeah. just think you oh, guys yeah. understand how, how yeah. quality, especially their attack is. Um, Shifting it back onto your own team, you and Logan Hannigan got a lot of attention and awards this season, like rightfully yeah. deserved. You guys kind of the bookends, right? You you in the back, him and scoring the goals up front. Yeah. Um, who are some other teammates, though? Because I think sometimes when, especially in Class B with so many teams, people yeah. like to pick, and including myself, we like to pick out like, hey, these are our two, three best players, and that's who we like to talk about. Who are yeah. some other uh, teammates that you think deserve some love this year uh, for their performances? Yeah, um, I mean, obviously, John Dosher was all on Allstate as well for us, yeah. which was, I think, deserved for him. But uh, one player that I think kind of gets overlooked for us is uh, Michael Grigsby in our, our center mid. He played our holding mid for us. I mean, he's just one of those center mids that kind of – he doesn't get a lot of notes because he doesn't get the goals and assists like a Sam Shent does. But he, he kind of – he dictated the game for us. And, I mean, he got MVP at our banquet awards – along with Logan. So, I mean, he, he did a lot for us that maybe wasn't really seen from a lot of other coaches, but as a team, like he's one of those players, like, Oh my gosh, he does this for us really well. And he, he, he helped us. Like he was a key player to us getting to the state tournament and doing well throughout the season. So I think him, and then uh, we just had a whole, like we have a bunch of young players as a program too, like uh, Jack Sinnott, he played outside back for us. And then Michael's uh, younger brother too, Luke Grigsby. I mean, they both, they we have a lot of talent at Oakland North that through, for the coming years too, that are going to be there. And I think, I mean, I could list the whole starting 11 <laughs> and I wish I could. Do you think the Wolves are going to make a, do you think the Wolves are going to make a push again next year for the state? I mean, I, I, I don't see why not. I think that they, they have the players, they have the, the coaches to do it. And I think that they definitely can have a very similar, similar season to this year 
and maybe even for years to come that they'll be able to do that as the program just builds and we get more kids in Elkhorn that go to Elkhorn North. Yeah, for sure. Cause I mean, it's only going to keep growing as much oh, yeah. as it can. Right. Yeah. Um, last question, kind of shifting it uh, back towards you and your future. Mm-hmm. Um, you're heading to Flagler college division two school down in St. Augustine, Florida. Yep. Um, and I, we talked about this before we started, but like, if you guys, if you guys don't know what Flagler college looks like and the area that it looks like, like just Google pictures, because it's legit, it's legit. It's crazy. Okay. Cool. Um, what, what was your recruiting process? Like, like, how did it start? Yep. How did it progress through? What, what drew you to Flagler college? Uh, like, uh, just talk about all that stuff. I know that's a lot of, lot yeah, talk about, yeah. But yeah. Um, so obviously sophomore year with the COVID year, that kind of, screwed up my recruiting a little bit as I wasn't able to go to camps before my junior year and stuff. But uh, I mean, I I knew from the get go that my dream was to kind of go in Florida and either go to school there. And if I could to play soccer there. And so I I started going to camps there the summer after my junior year. So this last summer and going as many camps as I could down there, get much notice as I could down there. And it kind of wasn't going anywhere for a little bit. And then um, I started to move my recruiting a little bit closer to home and was getting a much better notice. So I was like, okay, maybe I should stay home. But then uh, my club coach, uh, Bill Keppen, uh, knew Chris Cranks, the head coach at Flagler, because yeah, he's, he's Bill, to, he, was, he was pretty good out in Nebraska for a bit. <laughs> yeah, yes. And Bill used to actually uh, coach uh, – Chris Cranks and so that's how he had that connection there and so then he got me there and I went down and actually got to train with the Flagler team for a day and kind of visit the campus which was again like amazing experience to get down and train and then see the campus and then he actually flew out to Nebraska for a sporting camp uh so that way he was again I was able to be in front of him and he could see and then after that he kind of that's when he was like very interested then and so then I committed obviously and that connection to him has just been awesome and being able to go down to Florida like my dream I mean it's it's awesome like I'm super excited and I'm I could talk about it for forever just because of how excited I am to get to go down there and play that's good man that that's how it's supposed to be you're supposed yeah. to be that excited so don't yeah, don't don't ever apologize or anything for being excited to go um I know you're, I know you're in the middle of doing like your college recruiting or your college, like fitness stuff to get yep. ready. Cause obviously that's yep. one of the biggest adjustments. Oh, yeah. um, what are you going to study down at Flagler? Have you decided yet? Or are you kind of open still? Yep. Um, I, I decided I want to still be involved in sports after college, just because if I don't make it to the next level after college, or if I decide, Hey, maybe I just want to be done with sports for a little bit. Uh, sports management is kind of what I'm going into. Nice just because I, I, I love sports so much, obviously, because I played football too. And so just being involved in sports is kind of like what makes me like the happiest and like I have the most fun in. So that's kind of what I want to go in and study. Cool. Well, you're going to a good school for it. Like I said, yeah. if you guys, if you guys haven't checked out what Flagler college looks like just from the looks, it, it's a, it looks like a pretty, it'll be a pretty enjoyable place to go to school, pretty enjoyable place to play soccer. So oh, yeah. Jack, congratulations on a good season, both as an individual and as a team. Uh, you guys, you guys, you guys made your belief. I believed in you to be, to yep. make the state tournament. So it was like really good that you guys, you guys repaid me and made the state tournament. Cause <laughs> I looked, there were some of my other picks that I looked kind of stupid. So I appreciate that. Uh, but good yes, luck at Flagler. You. Um, thank and we'll be following your career. Awesome. Thank you for having me.
Thank you to Jack for joining me on this week's podcast. I'm excited to follow Jack on his journey at Flagler College, and obviously we will be watching on how the Wolves do after the graduation of their first senior class. We're going to take another quick commercial break, our final of the episode, and then get to the Class B final season rankings. Deer Creek Sports Cantina is located in Northwest Omaha and is a good family-friendly neighborhood hangout. They serve Mexican comfort food with all-natural braised and grilled meats, maize tortillas, and salsas made from scratch. They also have a variety of beverages for your enjoyment. When you go to Deer Creek Sports Cantina, tell them you heard about them on Nebraska Soccer Talk and receive free chips and salsa with your meal or drinks. This offer is a limited time offer until the end of this podcast season, so make sure you take advantage of it. Deer Creek Cantina is located at 12221 Mary Plaza Road, which is right off of 120th and Military. Visit DeerCreekSportsCantina.com for more menu and hours, and remember when you go, Tell them Nebraska Soccer Talk sent you. take a quick look at each roster for the senior showcase games i'm not going to go through each player by player but i will point out some of the standouts i think that will be making appearances and just some general thoughts about the roster and the coaches it's a really cool event and I, hopefully it keeps getting bigger and better it's pretty great that the special olympics in nebraska helps put this on for the high school soccer community first up class a boys the dark team which is sponsored by the neurology consultants of nebraska will be coached by two coaches who met in the state final this year Gretna's Tyler Ortlieb and Westside's Mike Dean. Interesting to say the least. In the back, the dark team will have two solid goalkeepers to choose from in Burke's J.P. Warden and Gretna's Alex Scharf. Warden is one of the best goalkeepers in the state that not enough people talk about, while Scharf was obviously the state championship winning goalkeeper. The defense will be anchored by the state champion opponents, Carson Poole and Mitchell Fair, with the midfield that should be fun to watch and includes preps John Burns, Millard West's Johnson Liu, Miller North's Jaden Rolantano, and Gretna's Joey Witt. Witt is a pretty popular a player amongst his peers. A lot of, as you can see from a lot of the interviews we've had, there there are players and opponents out there and teammates that rate him highly. We could see some fireworks in the attack with Carney superstar Ryland Garrett getting an appearance in Omaha, alongside Preps Simon Metcalf and Drury Bound Miller North Mustang Braden Wright. Flipping over to the light side, we have te- a team coached by Lincoln East Colin Smitsek. The light team is sponsored by Soccer International. We'll start in the attack for the light team where they, are, they have some dangerous combinations on the table with Papio South duo Gus Kriegler and Andre Santamaria. And if that wasn't enough, the light team also has 2021 Gatorade Player of the Year Edwin Cisneros and Division One bound Braden Kramer. Cisneros didn't have a ton of help this year necessarily at Omaha South. He's definitely going to have help in the attack in this game. Um, Papio duo Keegan Hylock and Caleb Walker join a collection of solid midfielders from both the Omaha and Lincoln areas. And in the back, Hastings-bound Millard South graduate Mac Weaver is going to anchor the back line with Jaden Miller from Lincoln East and Andres Moreno from Lincoln High splitting the goalkeeper duties. 
I'm going to give the dark side the edge in this matchup. Moving over to the girls' side. First, we take a look at the light team from Class A Girls. The light team is sponsored by Special Tees Screen Printing. They are coached by Jose Hidalgo of Lincoln Northeast, Ed Meitzen of Lincoln Northstar, and Chase Hutchison from the state champions, Gretna. The light team only has one goalkeeper, so it will be Burke graduate and Augustana bound, Taya Baker, in the net for the entirety of the game. In the back, the light team will rely on Drake bound, Dylan Eiergartner, Elkhorn South standouts, Caroline Dubasar and Delaney Fredericks, and Nord South duo, Faith Weber and Gracie Vokun. In the midfield, we will see future college players like Rachel Warwick, Mia Lang, Jimena Estrada, and Shaley French doing their thing. All pretty highly rated players. Um, Warwick and French going Division One, Estrada going NAI, Lang going D2, so that's going to be kind of cool to see. Up top, the light team will be looking for goals from Gretna, Division One bound competitor Savannah Daffini, and she's going to be flanked by players like Lincoln Southeast, Corinne Olsen. I wouldn't be surprised if we see a lot of Olsen crossing to Daffini trying to finish. Flipping over to the dark side, we have a team coached by Thomas Nettleton of Lincoln Southwest, Gina Hoffman of Fremont, and Ari Galvin of Omaha Bryan. The dark side is sponsored by Cardscapes Omaha. In the goal, Marion's Bella Washington and North Platte's Emily Winkler will split the goalkeeper duties. I believe Washington is headed to Iowa Western next season. In the back, the college-bound quad of Aviana Gonzalez, Amber Arnold, Natalie Schrader, and Elizabeth Frankie will be holding it down. What's cool about those four players is that they're going to rep. They represent four different schools. Um, they represent four different clubs, I believe, and they're all going to play at different levels of the NCAA and in the IA. So uh, Gonzalez going Division One, Arnold going D two, Schrader going Division three, and Frankie going NAI. So that's pretty cool. It's just one of the many cool things that we get to see from the Senior Showcase games this year. In the midfield, we're going to see midfield Millward West, stalwart Naya Kirchner, joined by Husker-bound Emma Prasowski and her high school teammate, Denver-bound Hannah Tate. So it's going to be one last ride for Prasowski and Tate in the midfield. Up top, we're going to have Omaha-bound Kayla Hassler and Doan-bound McKenna Rathbun from Lincoln Southwest. Abby Vasek from Lincoln Pius and another future Maverick, Lauren Schmidt from Papio. Once again, just like Class A boys, I think I have to give the edge to the dark side in the girls' match as well. Down to the Class B boys, we start on the dark side. The dark side is coached by Zach Coons from Lincoln Lutheran and Alex Alexis Pacheco from Ralston. The dark side is sponsored by Bland and Associates. Mason Klug and Mike Ruiz, Ruiz are going to split duties in, in goal. Klug is from Columbus Lakeview. He saw a lot of action this year. Ruiz is from Nebraska City. Obviously, he had a solid year for uh, the Pioneers. In the back, the dark side will be led and anchored by two Wolves, Jack Boat and Michael Grigsby. Volk talked about how important Michael Grigsby was to the Elkhorn Wolves team, so it'll be interesting to see those two play one last time together. The midfield is quality from the dark side. They got Kevin Santos out of Ralston, Ernie Vargas and Miguel Raimundo from Lexington, Marco Palacios from Nebraska City, who I'm super high on, and then Jurgen Beller from Mount Michael. Um, Could be a fun combination of players in there. Up top, the dark side attack is going to be spearheaded by Golden Boot, Oliver Benson, and Lexington's Diego Martinez. So lots of quality up and down the spine for the dark side in the Class B game, Class B boys game. Over the light side, which is sponsored by Paradise Lawns, the light side is going to be coached by Kanan Ming from College View Academy, Chris Guatemara from Garing, and Tony Linder from Waverly. Pretty interesting mix of coaches. The goalkeeper situation is going to be an interesting one with Chase Heck out of Grand Island Northwest. The only full-time goalkeeper on the roster, and heck, wasn't the starter for Grand Island Northwest this year. So it's going to be an interesting goalkeeper situation for uh, the light side. 
Um, in the back, the defense will be led by state champion Zach Arata from Scut, and he'll be joined by Aiden Riha from the Platte, Giovanni, Giovanni Castaneda from Crete, and Jason Escamilla from Scott's Bluff. In the midfield, we will have Waverly standouts Devin Moore, Anthony Reales, and Lana Tajane. So those three all back together again for one final game. They're going to be joined by the maestro from Grand Island Northwest, Nashi Bortiz, and the consistent performer Aaron Schaff from Scott's Bluff. Up top, the light side is going to be looking for goals from SCOTUS goal scorer Chance Bailey with the help from winger Tyler Phillips from state champion Scott. I believe both of them are headed to Doan next year, so future college teammates going to be teammates early on in this one. Uh, finally, to the Class B girls side of things, at the time of recording, neither of these teams had sponsorships. The dark side is coached by Nick Holmes of Seward and Chad Miller of Lutheran High, Northeast Norfolk Catholic. The light side is coached by Katie Hobbs and Jim Eric of Platteview. The dark side will be looking for goals from state champion Elizabeth Rosenthal and Mercy's Melanie Davis. While there's not a lot to shout out in the forward line, there is a lot of backup behind them in this squad, including some midfielders that can score goals themselves. Beddington's Mia Hurt, Roncalli's Mia Stoffel, and Scutt's duo of Victoria Van Dyke and Sydney Wells are sure to make an impact, as well as Elkhorn North's Michaela Fox. Um... A crowded midfield for sure, uh, with a couple college-bound players as well. In the back, we have Scott Catholic grad and Omaha-bound Brina Whitaker, and SCOTUS grad and College of St. Mary-bound Liz Adami. In goal, Morningside-bound Mariah Dixon from Ron Colley and Taylor Pierce from Crete are going to split time. Over to the light side, the attack will be highlighted by two girls known for their goal scoring, Blair's Sam, Sam Murray and Platteview's Emma Middleton. In the midfield, Shanae Burke from Lincoln Lutheran and Brianna Sur from Carney Classic will be running the show. In the back, we will see Hannah Kyle from Lincoln Lutheran, Madeline Dirkschneider from Blair, and Morgan Bosiger from Norris. Once again, while the light side does have some good goal scorers, I think I'm going to have to give the nod to the dark side in this matchup. Um, of course, I wasn't able to talk about all the players in these upcoming matchups, and I'm sure since recording, the rosters may have changed a little bit. But be sure to go and check out these games this coming weekend at Scott Catholic High School. On Friday, June 17th, the Class B teams will take center stage. The girls will kick off at 5 p.m. and the boys will kick off at 7.30 p.m. On Saturday, June 18th, the Class A teams will take center stage. The girls will kick off at 5 p.m. and the boys will kick off at 7.30 p.m. Be sure to check out all four teams this or four teams this weekend, four games this weekend. I unfortunately will not be in attendance. Uh, there's a great opportunity for soccer community to really come together this Friday and Saturday to support our players and some great causes between the Special Olympics games on Friday and Saturday, as well as the Joe Fair Memorial game on Saturday afternoon. Um, really, really encourage uh, all family members, um, players, fans, etc., to get out and support uh, these players and these causes. Thank you for listening to Nebraska Soccer Talk. I'm going to forego mentioning how you can support us and really push that you support the Joe Fair Memorial Soccer Game this Saturday, June 18th. It's a great opportunity for the soccer community to come together and be a part of something bigger than us as individuals. Join me next week for the final episode of Nebraska Soccer Talks Season 4.